0: may be seated. I want you to um, imagine with me that you are on a road and you are in this car and you're driving down this road and you are in a frantic state with this big question on top of the car, why? Can you say why? why? Have you ever been in that car before where you were driving down the road? and you were full of emotion and you were trying to figure out why am I in this place? Why am I in this job I don't like? Why am I in this financial place? Why? Why is my life out of control? I owe more than I should. I don't know how I got to this place. Life has been disappointing for me and I don't know why. I want to give you some answers to why. I want to give you some reasons. And I want you to think with me through three simple reasons why a family that we're going to study in a moment was out of control. And it seems like life's just crazy. I almost call this sermon, Lord, I feel like I'm going crazy. Because that's exactly what seems to happen in this story. And it's it's so easy You're not careful to not realize that there may be reasons that you can prevent. There may be reasons why it seems like everything makes you angry, everything pushes you. You know, the word crazy is such an offensive word, but it really is a powerful word that describes some of our actions when we look in hindsight. When we look back, we go, that was foolish. We look back, we'll say, man, that was, that was not a really smart way to approach that. But there are reasons. It's one of the lessons I've learned in pastoring over, over these 35 years. There's a reason. And if I, if I really want to know, I can find out. And here's what happens when you find out the truth. John chapter 8, verse 32 says it sets you free. John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? It frees you. It liberates you. Because now I know. It changes my opinion of you and everything about you. I'm more patient. I'm more understanding because I know your truth. I know the reason why. We do that with little kids all the time. little kids, you you just know they're two. And you understand that with two, there are just certain things or one or however old they are. You get it. I understand this. When I see a new pastor who's struggling with something, he's trying to put together his messages and he's trying to lead the people. And he's trying to grow the church and he's trying to manage the facilities and he's trying to deal with all the things that can happen. And, I, and I, I, sometimes they'll call me and they'll say, hey, man, the air conditioning broke. I thought, well, okay. They always break. Things happen like that. I got a roof that needs to be repaired. I've got this and I've got, and I got a staff person that's, that's giving me a challenge or I've got whatever, my, my payroll, whatever... I understand that because I live in that world. And there's something about my ability to not lose my perspective because I've done it for a long time. But I understand that crazy feeling. I understand what it means to be in that car riding down the road with the Y over it. But I've also learned if I can take a step back and look at the reasons and tell the truth, just for a moment, let's just tell the truth. Is it really all your daddy's fault? Is it really all your mother's fault? Is it really all your family's fault? Is all, are all your issues really about the job you're on? Is it really your boss's fault? Is it, really, is it really all about who's in charge, who's the president, who's the Congress? Is it really all about them or are we in this somewhere? Do we have some skin in this game? Can we, for a moment, step back and say, we like privilege, we like benefits. Is the deficit all somebody else's fault? Or have we all contributed to it? It's in that moment that you can, when you tell the truth, and you own your part in it, you own your role in creating some of what we face, is that we find answers. And so what I want to do is I want to take you on a journey. And I want you to start in Genesis chapter 27, verse 43. And I have one big question I hope to answer today. Have you ever wondered why some families end up in certain unhealthy places? Well, I'm going to show you why. Today's topic, repeat it with me, please. The truth about about why why some people people lose control. control. This is part of a four-part series. Today, we focus on the true reason why some people lose control or seem crazy to you. Next week, we'll talk about the true reason why some people seem damaged. When you look at people and what they've been through, there is a reason why they're damaged. Next week, we'll talk about the true reason why some people are not where they thought they should be. Boy, Romans 12 and 3. You thought of yourself more highly than you ought to, and you're not where you thought you should be. What happened to you? You didn't reach the goal, the financial goals. You didn't. What, what is it that causes that? What's the truth about that? And then we'll ask, we we'll talk about the true reason why some people don't understand us. And part of the answer to that is they came from a different world. And we'll start a whole new series next month on, it's called A Different World. And I'm borrowing it from a, from a TV sitcom, but it's truly expressive of what we deal with and just trying to relate to people. I don't get along with you because your world is different than my world. It's not that you're bad and I'm good or whatever, it's just that we come from different places. The way you define need is not how I define need. The way you define money is not how I define money. And learning how to manage those worlds, learning how to engage is hard for people. We're facing it in our political system. Different worlds, different parts of the country with different views and different opinions. Learning how to manage and bring those worlds together is a challenge, but we must find a way because the Bible said a house divided against itself cannot do what? Stand. You've got to find a way to do that. Even if it's not all the way you want in your world. And Christians have a hard time with that because we're all or nothing people sometimes. It's got to be my way. Everybody on the job has to stop saying big bad words, but I'm sorry, they won't. (laughs) You must learn to work with people who curse. You must learn to work with people who drink. You must learn to work with people who lie. You must learn to work with people who are loud and who are quiet. And you must learn to work with everybody. You must learn to work with people who are gay, who are straight. You must learn to work with everybody. I'm sorry, you may not like that, But you want everybody to become a Christian, by your definition, but everybody's not. And if they don't choose to be you, if you don't force yourself to engage with other worlds, other cultures, you are a very um, misled person. And and there's something valuable about getting this. Because if you get this principle, especially the series I'm going to teach next month on, on operating in different worlds, Your world will be better because you won't be as angry, as frustrated, because you'll just say that's their world, and that's how they live. Some of you say, well, what if you're married to a person like that? You love them. Say amen if you hear amen. amen. Open your Bible, if you would please now. Genesis chapter 27, verse 43. Genesis 27, verse 43. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran. And stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away. Verse 45, until your brother's anger turns away from you. And he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, Like those who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? In this story we are reading today, we're jumping into a conversation. The conversation is between a young man who is struggling. He's struggling with his brother. His brother's name is Esau. Esau and Jacob have had a long history of struggle. The struggle that we just read about is because there's this anger issue that's risen in this family, and it's risen because Esau feels betrayed. Betrayed because his brother Jacob has stolen his birthright. He's taken something from him. He's taken from him a a very difficult, um, let me say it another way, he's He's taken from him something that he felt was his right, and it was his right. He was the oldest brother. And Jacob stole something called the birthright from him by trickery. He and his mother, Rebecca, got together, and before the father was about to pray for the older brother to receive the birthright, Jacob found a way to trick his father into blessing him with the birthright because his father didn't have good sight. So he dressed up like his brother, pretended to be his brother, and the father prayed and gave him the birthright, gave him the gift. So when he gave it to him and the brother found out about it, he said, I'm going to kill him. So what we just read was the moment when the mother realized my son, my oldest son, is going to kill my younger son. And this is going to be a double loss for me. I'm going to lose both of my children if this happens. So I have to come up with a plan. So the plan is to get him out of town and let him go live with Laban, his, her uncle, her, her brother, which was his uncle. This is a sad moment. This is a family that's out of control. And here's what's important. They're God-fearing people. These are what you would call church people. How in the world could you be a church person How could you be a God-fearing person and and struggle like this? How could you be? How could you possibly be a God-fearing family planning this kind of strife, dealing with this kind of horrible moment when one wants to kill another? How does that happen? Well, it happens for a reason. I call it family strife and tension. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Family strife. That's the first reason why this family is out of control. Because they have allowed family strife and tension to reign in their life. They've allowed this to happen. And the pain of family fights is sometimes hard to describe. And I want you to listen to this again. Here's what she said, verse 43 again. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran. And stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both? I'm concerned that this will cause me to lose both of you, as I said earlier. Now watch what she does in verse 46. This is an insight into the family. Rebecca, the wife, said to Isaac, her husband, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Hath like these who are of the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? Now she is talking about something that's really not the true issue. She's kind of saying, I want my son to move to be with my my, um, brother because I want to make sure he marries the right person. That's not true. She's not being honest. Isaac knows, should know. But he's not the guy who is bringing his family to the family meeting saying, let's talk about our real issues. So dad's not talking about it. Mom's not talking about it. We're going to pretend, called faking (laughs) the truth. No truth here. So what ends up happening is, if you look at me in verse um, 26, she gives this reason. And so in chapter 28, verse 1, Isaac called Jacob, blessed him, charged him and said, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan, arise, go to Pedanaram, and to the house of Bethuel, your, your, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. So here he leaves the house. He's told to leave, but we still haven't dealt with the truth. What in your family is not dealt with? What have you stepped over? I'm not trying to say you need to go have some big meeting and talk about all the dirt in history. I'm just simply saying Notice how common it is for this family to ignore the truth. What is the truth about their family? What is the truth? What is the truth? The truth is they're not facing the truth. And so now you have this buried pain that leads to an awful place. So what happens? He goes down to Laban, and when he gets there, He ends up engaging with Laban for 20 years, we're going to find out. He marries two of his daughters. He goes through this whole challenging process. He's going there pretending he's there for one reason, but he's really there for another. He thinks he's there for a wife, but God has another purpose. You see, God wants to help him grow. So he takes him to someone who is the master trickster. He met his match. Here's what I believe is true. You live long enough, you'll meet your match. You can be violent, you can be mean, but there's a match for you. you Maybe in prison, but there's a match for you. There's somebody that's just as crazy and doesn't care as much. If you're not careful, you're tricky, you're smart. Don't worry. There's a man, there's a woman, there's somebody that's just as tricky as you. And that's what Laban is for Jacob. Who is your Laban? Who is the person that is in your life that you may struggle with? But maybe they really become a tool to teach you. They become the woodshed for you. I believe our country right now is in a woodshed. You know the woodshed. That's where you got a spanking. They tell you to go to the woodshed. And they meet you out there with a switch. You remember those times you, they used tell you to go cut your own switch down? Anybody? Anybody? I get a little stick that, that little. Go back again, son. That's not what I told you to get. I'll meet you in the woodshed. There's something about a moment in time when you get something you didn't expect. Let me show you what happens. And again, this takes us to the second reason of why this guy, this family is out of control. There's something you're going to discover called frustrated expectations. Say that with me, please. Come on. Frustrated now watch this now. Verse 15, this is chapter 29 of Genesis, verse 15. Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me why should you, what what should your wages be? Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. She just just had some bad eyes, though. Maybe something cross-eyed, but... She she was good looking, but she had that issue. (laughs) Verse 18, now Jacob loved who? Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your daughter's. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served how many years? Seven. Seven years for Rachel. And they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. Now that's what you want. You want to find a man that will serve for seven years. If you're a father, that's what I'm looking for. I want a brother that's going to paint for seven years, scrub for seven. No, let me stop. Anyway, so you have this incredible moment where for seven years, now that's love. Now, that's, 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 that's discipline. So for seven years, he's going to serve. In verse 21, then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. For my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter. That's not Rachel, and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her. Verse twenty-four. They got married. And verse twenty-four. And, and Laban gave his maid Zilpha to his daughter Leah as a maid. And so it came to pass in the morning when when did it happen? In the what? That behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban. What is this that you've done to me? Why was it not Rachel? My question is why I take you all night to figure that out? Anyway, <laughs> but that's all good. Let's move on. I'll ask that question in heaven. I don't know what happened. Maybe the author didn't leave that fine detail, but had a veil on. It was dark. I don't know. Anyway, in the morning he goes, he says, hey, listen, uh, I got the wrong one here. Amen, baby. That's right. And Laban said, verse 26, it must not be done. Chapter 29, verse 26. It must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Well, you should have told me that. He didn't sign up for this, but now he is frustrated because an expectation was not met. And that is why some families are out of control. So you turn the page, and I'm not making the point yet. <laughs> Number one, here's why some families are out of control. Because of family strife and tension. They live in a constant state of family strife and tension. Every Sunday, you argue. After church, you get together and fight. It's always like that. You're used to it. Yell each other. This is part of the culture. Secondly, there's always this sense of frustrated expectation. Somebody lets you down. You find the truth out later in life, and you're hurt, and you're carrying the sense of I was let down. And you just live with that, and, that, and it, it, it's, it's the why. It's the, when people deal with you, it's the, the, it's the why. It's what you learn when you go to family reunions. You go, oh, that's why. You start figuring out the why. The smart thing is try to figure it out before you say, I do. At least you know what they expect. Now in this moment, Laban and Jacob are at odds, and it creates a relationship that becomes toxic over time. It becomes unbearable. Jacob has thoughts of leaving, but year after year, 20 years of struggle. Where have you been for 20 years, and what struggle have you been in? where you've been thinking about leaving, and in and out, and up and down, and up and down. Imagine that. Imagine 20 years of this. And there's this whole baby-having baby, baby having story, you can read it on your own, where the Rachel and Leah, they end up, uh, he marries Rachel over time, and, and, but they end up competing to have babies, and, and it just becomes this whole horrible story of pain and a family out of control. When you look at them from the outside, You don't know why, but somebody knows why. It it goes all the way back to Isaac and Rebekah having favoritism, where Rebekah was for her boy Jacob and and Isaac was for his son Esau. And that favoritism caused a split in the family and allowed Rebekah to trick her own husband into giving the birthright to the younger son and how it created this hatred in the family. So the younger son has to leave. And now he goes to, guess this now, Rebecca tricked her husband. She sends her to her brother, who's a trickster, black belt. <laughs> but if you look at the sister, you can tell the brother probably looked crazy too. It's say amen if you're hearing me. Amen. It's in the family. There's a reason why. Can you honestly admit where those are weaknesses are in your life? What's the history behind your anger? What's the history behind the lust? What's the history? Your daddy taught you to lust like that. When you was at the grocery store, he was going, hey. And so now you're doing the same thing, hey. Little boy picking up his daddy's habits, his daddy's spirit, mama's spirit. Got to have something on the side now in case he go crazy. Gotta keep your little something on the side. That's all I'm gonna tell you, girl. And you grew up with something on the side. Always got a little something on the side. You Interpret that any way you want. But you pick up a spirit. You drink away your problems. So you drug away your problems. You got drunk as you can get, and don't know why your kids on drugs. You crying. Why? What don't you get? Don't you understand? High as high as high as high. One's illegal. Alcohol used to be illegal, and I, I think one of the tragedies is you're not dealing with the truth, the the real reason why. You can cry about violence, and you don't understand. You don't understand violence. You don't know where it comes from, really. I tell you, I tell you where a lot of it comes from, sin. Black folks want to say it's from slavery. No, it goes beyond slavery. Violence has been in our world for a long time. 5,000 people were killed every every month in Rome in the arena for fun. 5,000 people slaughtered a month in Rome. When I stood at that arena in Rome, I thought 5,000 people died here every month. In the top of the arena, they had a place for prostitution so you can go take a break from watching people get mauled by lions and have some fun up in the arena at the top in the, in the executive booth up there and then come back down and watch some more. That's the real core of the world. That's why we need God. Without God, we become like that. Come on, amen, if you hear anything. You know why it's like that. Why people would run over people on the London Bridge today. Lord have mercy. I've been to that bridge. Why people would be sitting in a restaurant and someone would stab them that they don't even know sin. The real pain in our culture can be traced the why is hard to admit, but we need God in our lives. So now you have a family out of control. And so in chapter 29, I'm sorry, there's a third chapter 31, rather there's a decision made. I'm getting out of here. In chapter 31 of Genesis, Jacob decides to leave Laban. after 20 years of suffering, after 20 years he decides to leave and you know I was um I have a little saying that um it's painful but it's 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 true it's people ask me about divorce and separation and family divisions here's what I tell people don't let if a, don't let the person who prays to be delivered don't let the answer to that prayer be getting rid of you when a person prays for a better life, for more freedom. Don't let the answer to that prayer be they can't be with you. Sometimes that is the answer because you can be the source of it. I try as a pastor to not let that be the answer. That's why I don't keep you all long. Get you all out of here. Jesus name. I can't, I can't have a life. That church takes up all my time. I can't have a life. Serving God there means bondage and control. There are people that can feel that way. That's why I don't bother dying. I let her roll. I say something when I need to, but roll on, babe. roll on. Breathe. You can feel stifled. I'm always having to say your name. I love that 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 scene. I don't. I, well, it's the truth. I might as well tell the truth. Um, I'm preaching on truth. Tell the truth, right? Muhammad Ali was in that fight. And the brother wouldn't say. He said, I'm going to call you Cassius Clay. He said, why are you going to call me Cassius Clay? He said, because that's what your mama calls you. I'm not going to call you Muhammad Ali. He said, I was going to be nice to you, but I'm going to beat you until you say my name. (laughs) You're going to say my name. You're going to say my name. And in the fight, Muhammad Ali was bouncing. Hit him. Bam, bam, bam. Say my name. And like he's gonna win, he back up, let him get, you, get your breath. I'm gonna beat you some more. He wouldn't, he wouldn't let it. And I tell people, don't get somebody in your life that make you say their name all over and over. <laughs> over, over. Say my name. What's my name? What's my name? Call my name. Anyway. Okay. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Laban had Jacob saying his name. Watch what happens here. Jacob comes to the end of the road, chapter 31, Genesis, verse 38. Here's what he said, I've been, I've been with you for 20 years. He runs out one night, leaves Laban, and Laban chases him down. Where you Where you going? He got his family, he's got everything all packed up. He's moved out, Laban hunt, ran him down. And Jacob's answer to him is, I've been with you for 20 years. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. I did not bring your animals Torn by wild beasts, I bore the loss. Myself, if one of your animals was killed, I took that as a loss to me. Notice all the eyes I put in bold prints. Won't you see that? He said, "I, I bore the loss for myself, and you demanded payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or night. Even if I didn't steal it, you made me pay for it. This was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night and sleep fled from my eyes. I didn't get any rest. That's why I left. Jacob felt he did his part in the relationship, but he was not treated fairly. Secondly, Jacob felt he had been given years of his life. He'd given years of his life to this relationship. Verse 41, it was like this for 20 years. That's the second time he said that. He's repeating himself. I was in your household I worked for you how many years? 14 years for two daughters and six years for your flocks. And you changed my wages how many times? Ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would have surely have sent me away empty-handed. You would have gave me nothing if you had your way. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands. And last night, he rebuked you. That's why I left. That's from Jacob's world. But really, we understand Jacob's in the woodshed because Jacob has a problem. When people are in trouble, there's a why. There's a why. Now, what's interesting is Jacob gives his side, describes his world. Here's why it happened. Laban has his side. Now, you're not going to agree with Laban, I don't think. But I want you to listen to what Laban says in what I call return fire. You know, when somebody tears you off, and uh, you're standing out there in front of everybody, and he's saying it loud, and everybody's hearing all this, and people are getting quiet. Oh, boy. This is the moment we've been waiting for. Well, watch what happens in chapter chapter four, 31, verse 43. Laban answered Jacob. The women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine. You understand that, don't you? Because you tell your children, this is my house. That's my car. Those clothes you're wearing are my clothes. Tell you what, leave with what you bought. I'll give you what you got on. Think about it for a second. That's how laden sounds. He gives no credit. He didn't even acknowledge the contribution that Jacob made. You want to know why this family is out of control? Because no one's acknowledging the other side. Laban, the leader, gives no value to all the years, all the sacrifices. If you're not careful as a parent, that's what you'll communicate to your children. I've seen pastors communicated to the church. I came here, number 30 people, 40 people. Now there's 3,000 people. Who you think God used to make that happen? Was it you? See, you get arrogant, you lose your mind, you get, get, get out of sorts, and people look at you and say, well, you didn't do it by yourself. We gave, we came, we prayed, we worked hard, we sacrificed. There's 500 of us that volunteer around here, preacher. You can't put all these chairs up. You can't. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you want, see, that's how it gets out of control because you're not fair. I work. You stay home. I bring in the check. Really? Everything is you. See, Lavin is a leader who doesn't get it. He doesn't, he doesn't want to get it. He doesn't want to hear anybody else's viewpoint. He has his own way of seeing the world, and that's all he cares about. And so here's what happens. He does one thing right. Verse 44, come now, let's make a covenant. And what he basically says is I want to build these, take a heap of stones and put them up, and this heap of stones is going to be a reminder that you and I made an agreement today. It's, that it's, it's a moment when at least he sees everything is out of control, he can't fix it, but he has a moment when he stops. He doesn't apologize, but at least he pauses. And maybe that's what you can do. If your family's out of control, and you, maybe you don't see all of the, what the other world is saying, you don't get all the why, you don't get what they, but you at least can stop now. Pull over on the side of the road. Park the mean words. Pause. This isn't working. The truth is this isn't working. That's the truth. And if you could pause and consider some of the wise from their side. Man.
1: I had all the power.
0: My wife looked at me one time. She looked at me and she said, tell me somebody in your life who's got the power you have in mind. You're my boss, pastor, husband. You make more money. Tell me somebody, and I have to submit to you, tell me somebody in your life who has the power you have in mind. Oh, I was fixed right then. Pause, Mr. Temple. Pull over on the side of the road for just a minute. They're smaller than you. Those kids are smaller than you. Take a minute. Think about what you're saying. Think about your tone. Think about the words and how they live in them. You're sorry. Disappointed. Be 40 years old and you hear those words. You're ugly. Like your mama. Jesus, help me, God. I'm not giving you my money. You're living in my house. I'm in charge. I built this, not you. Those words live hurt for years you know what they say you can have your house you can have it all that's why you don't want to hear that truth you don't want to hear why they don't call you because every time they call you there's a correction what you're doing with your life There's a speech. There's a lecture. Every day my boy calls me. Tell me how you're doing. Every now and then I have to step up and say a word or two, but I work hard not to say it all the time. Some of you are saying too much. No longer fun to call you. Always flashing your badge of who you are. I'm your mama. Don't you forget it. How can I? (laughs) Always wanted it to be. That my kids felt it was safe with me every time they come to her house I ain't gonna finish this look like and they're walking around and they're laughing that's that's what I'm supposed to do that's what I'm supposed to do I got to get out of here, man. I got to finish. I'm losing control. <laughs> oh, help me, God. Man, what's it like? What's it like? Read it on your own. What's it like? What's it like to never feel safe? What's it like? Laban told him, said, May the Lord watch between me and you. While we're absent from another. You stay over there, I stay over here. What's it like to have the leader in your life separate from you like that? Go make it right, please. Let me pray. I gotta get out of here. Let's pray. Some of you need to go make it right. Father, in Jesus' name. There are people in this room. And uh, their families are out of control and they need to pause for a minute (laughs) wow, help me God they need to pause for a minute because they've lost their way and um, they need to find it they've been angry about something they need to let go of created an environment that doesn't feel safe and it makes people want to run away because it's not safe. It's your side is the only side. Your way is the only way. Lord, heal hearts today. What does it feel like to be them dealing with you? What's it like to have no power? to be the victim, to be the victim of your strength. What's it like? Who in your life has that kind of power? I can tell you no, rob you of opportunity, talk to you in that way, and you do nothing. Who in your life can do that to you? Father God, help us to care. Help us all care to care to care the way you care. In Jesus' name. Ooh, man, be a mess up here. <laughs> God is good. Amen. God is good. Praise God. God is good there every head bowed, everybody closed. If you'd say, Pastor, after hearing today's message, I, I get the point. I get the point. And my issue, the truth is, I have never given my life to Jesus, but I need to. I need to make a decision about my life. And I need to give you my life, Lord. That's the truth. The reason why my life's out of control is because I'm not serving you. want to start a life with Jesus, if you want to get your life going in the right direction, I want you to simply raise your hand. I want to pray for you. You say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to pray a prayer for me today. Because I know that's the why. I see you. Anybody else say, pray for me, Pastor. I know that's the why. The why is I need to give Jesus my life. I'm a nice person, but i am not really surrendered my life. Anybody else say, pray for me, Pastor. This is my day. I need to make a commitment to Him. Father, I pray for those who raise their hearts, and I pray for some who raise their hands. Let this be the beginning of a new life for them. Let this be the moment when their lives change forever, when they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I thank you. I love you. I appreciate you, Lord. I thank you for your forgiveness and for your touch, blessings and healing to them. In the name above all names, in the name above all names, I declare your healing. I declare your strength. I declare your grace. And I thank you for your healing touch in the lives of those who gather here today. I also pray, Lord God, for people to leave here healed and better than when they came. Now, as we leave, Lord, I bless the offering we're about to receive. I thank you for the tithes and the offerings that will be given. We believe in honoring you with our resources, believing that as we give, we'll be able to touch more lives. And so, if I make a dollar, I give you ten cents. If I make a hundred dollars, I give you I give you ten dollars first. I honor you. I believe that the Bible says if I open, if I honor you first, that you'll open the windows of heaven, Malachi three, and you'll bless me and you'll you'll prosper me. So we bring, lift your hands high. We bring our tithes, our offerings to you today, thanking you and praising you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Hey, look, I got to do this.